Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast. I talked to Alan Midland this week. He's technical manager with Mori Corporation about how 5G is going to carry the construction industry into a more digitized future. Hey, I want you to meet Alan Midland. He's technical manager at Mori Corporation, a company that's uh, an electronics manufacturer and has really established itself as a telematics provider. They've uh, specifically been providing kind of the um, retrofit telematics devices for Caterpillar and another a number of other manufacturers in the industry. Alan, um, you've been uh, looking at this industry fairly closely for a while in terms of how the Internet of Things uh, and 5G is going to affect the construction industry. Can you talk a little bit about how, what 5G, that extra big pipeline for um, uh, Wi-Fi data collection, uh, not Wi-Fi, cellular data collection, uh, how that will affect the IoT use and construction? Yeah, there's, uh, uh, first of all, just to understand what 5G is, it provides a very wideband pipe out, out to the uh, end user. Um, so what you can do with that pipe uh, varies. Um, you can take it all at once and get, um, like, a lot of video streaming or, or other uh, high bandwidth usages. The other thing you can do is you can slice it up really small and have lots of small streams which um, means many more devices in the same area that you would have had with LTE or another cellular or non-cellular technology. So you have lots of endpoints, so lots of things, the, the Internet of Things. You'll have uh, a, great, a great variety. You can have a, then have each thing uh, send and receive varying amounts of data. So, so you're not loading opens up. you up. I'm sorry. So you're not loading up the cell like you do in an airport where there's lots of devices out there and you can't get access with 5G. You 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 brought yeah. That, there's that there's a path. and there's a couple interesting things that 5G does. There's there's part of 5G that's down in the same region as what we think of LTE right now. Those, but there's also a concept of um, a uh, higher up in the frequency spectrum, which means you have uh, uh, small cell sites that cover a small area, uh, but have many users within that area. Um, so, uh, like Wi-Fi on steroids. So, um, for for you know, you see that now they they're starting to throw in uh, variations or initial uh, implementations to places like stadiums. But you know, for for people listening to your podcast, I think it's it'd be great for construction sites in the sense that you have a limited area and uh, uh, 5G offers uh, a very dense coverage of of a limited area when you go to the higher frequencies. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that about 5G. So is the is the infrastructure for something like that something that could be put up temporarily on a construction site? I mean, you'd, you'd be able to put a receivers up that, that would cover a site temporarily while the, over the duration of a project? Uh, yeah, that's um, and and you have a choice. Are you going to uh, have your regular carrier uh, provide the service for you, um, or maybe you're going to um, put up your own private network? There are people that are starting to look at uh, building uh, small cell sites that you could buy and operate your own private network just within the in the cell site within the 
construction site or the work site or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, the order of magnitude of the size of the pipe for 5G is one that's always impressive. What's the, and I, I'm not good at describing it. You're probably way better at it anyway. How much bigger is, is the 5G pipe than what we're used to with 5, 4, 4G? Um, the, 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 the number I always see is 10 times, but, you know, you have to qualify that um, on what's going on on it. it. It just handles lots of different things better. Um, so if you have people gaming on the cell site that are taking wide bandwidth, you can still get a lot of other people in. But uh, in general, I think of it as uh, 10 times or even more, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what then, uh, what's, what then uh, can a contractor do with, with, uh, with that extra bandwidth with, with IoT? Uh, how does how does that extra bandwidth make IoT more effective on the construction side? Okay, so um, I think of a lot of ways, but one that's probably the obvious IoT use is asset tracking. So just keeping track of things. Now that you have um, uh, the ability to track a lot of things simultaneously, and if you're in a controlled area, it's it's uh, very easy with the higher frequency uh, 5G offering, you could uh, track uh, conceivably every hand tool, power tool, earth-moving equipment, uh, generator, compressor, anything that's on the site you could could track. And I'll take that one step further. Um, I think it also offers you the ability to um, track your workers. Um, uh, track who's there, where they are on the site, um, and then because this has uh, a fair amount of data carrying capability also, you can start looking at other things about the worker. Um, you could um, figure out whether he's standing up or laying down, for example, um, you know, if there's been an accident or something or, or he's, he's fallen or something, you could uh, put an accelerometer on him and uh, be sending that data back. Um, you can implement like, uh, like a Fitbit does and know if he's walking or riding or, or those kinds of things. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and we're seeing and, those, uh, those kinds of products in the marketplace the wearable tech uh, that you know that that will provide that that can let you know what what position somebody's in that they, they'll, they'll yeah. detect a fall uh, or you know and, and also allow two way communication so that a, a worker can you know right. signal for help if he needs to um, right uh, uh, a panic button or a, yeah. a voice and and, uh, and and those kinds of things um, right right there's there's some other applications of 5G on a, on a site. Um, uh, one example would be uh, preventive maintenance. So there's kind of two pieces of that. There's um, monitoring, so temperature, humidity, or um, uh, vibration, those kinds of things. So you can do preventive maintenance on equipment on the site. Um, and then alarming, and uh, one of the nice things that 5G offers, it's low latency, which means it can take messages into the cloud and send them back quickly, and then you're limited by the cloud speed, but you could um, 
uh, have the cloud make decisions to remotely shut something down. Uh, obviously, you have to consider the safety. Some things are best shut down locally or automatically locally. But uh, you could, uh, for example, be watching the uh, temperature on a generator, and it hasn't gotten into trouble yet, but uh, maybe you can... Turn it off a little bit, if, depending on what they're doing with it. But um, yeah, yeah, those kinds there, of things. Are there some features of uh, telematics? I know that's that's one of your uh, one of your one of your primary uh, involvements in the construction industry. Are there some features of telematics that are are ready to go, or or even on systems today, but are limited by uh, the the uh, the bandwidth available on on construction sites that you think are particularly useful or would be more useful to contractors? Well, um, w one thing that I think w we see both uh, in, in users like construction sites, you see it elsewhere, automobile, highway, that kind of stuff, is uh, the ability to stream video. And uh, I think the, um, the, the nice thing on a construction site is cameras have gotten cheap. You could have a lot of video coverage uh, of the site, uh, stream a lot of video in, out of the site, or um, so you could uh, be remotely doing video analysis. Uh, you could um, do security things. You could uh, you know, send the, the video off um, and have uh, uh, software running that's like looking for movement where there shouldn't be movement or uh, after hours, uh, making sure nothing's moving around in the site, that kind of stuff. Um, sure. And uh, you could, you know, analyze, uh, look for tr trouble. Um, I don't know, something like a, a, a earth mover moving earth where it shouldn't be moving earth, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, and, and and that's the the kind of the high speed streaming kind of thing. But if you look at the other side of it where you slice the bandwidth not for speed but for uh, volume or number of devices um, then you could um, put sensors and things all over the site uh, look for you know uh, safety things like uh, gas sensors or particulate sensors or noise sensors or temperature sensors um, just more of a, a safety of the site safety of the workers um, by having a lot of devices is uh, scattered around and uh, devices will continue to get cheaper and and it'll be easy to slap them on the side of everything that you're concerned about. Yeah, yeah. It, it also makes me wonder about applications for monitoring production, you know, being able to, to measure production objectively, uh, you know, on a if not a real-time basis, a daily basis or something like that. Uh, you know, there's some oh, yeah. opportunity there. Yeah, so there's on a, a couple different layers. So uh, I was wondering if you're if you're manufacturing parts or something, you can count them, inspect them, um, um, you know, um, measure them, all those kinds of things. Uh, it gets cheaper as you get more bandwidth because uh, you can you can do more up in the cloud. Um, the second thing is if you have a process, let's say you're uh, uh, mixing cement, you could you could um, uh, put a lot more sensors in your 
your uh, mixing process to uh, make sure things are rotating correctly, things are uh, vibrating correctly, the uh, material that's coming down the conveyor is the right consistency. Um, so it's an IoT application, of course, but it just gets a lot easier as you get more bandwidth because um, you, you, you won't hesitate to send the data, save the data, and send it off for analysis, either real-time or near-real-time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you could use, you could even use uh, visual sensors and, and uh, coupled with telemetry and be able to, to uh, you know, estimate the volumes of stockpiles and, and changes in, yes. in, in grade yep. and things like that for mass or moving. That's right. Uh, you know, yep. those, those kinds of things. That's, that's really interesting. Well, what's the what's the prognosis on five G? We've been hearing about it for a while. Where where are we in terms of adoption of five G? So, the, you know, it's it's an interesting standard because there are different pieces to it. Um, there's a piece that um, is in the same frequency spectrum as LTE or nearby spectrum, and that stuff's getting uh, deployed right now. Um, and you have to ask uh, T-Mobile or Verizon or AT&T or whoever uh, where they're deployed. But they're they're putting they're starting to put out um, a spectrum that can handle handle that. Um, there's a uh, the number of devices. There's a lot of um, phones that are just starting to offer the, that capability, and so there's fewer devices like. Um, uh, vibration sensors or things like that that have that capability on it, but, but that's um, that's rolling out right now. Now the more interesting to me, for a different reason, is the high frequency, the twenty-eight gigahertz. That you know that that range of things, where you have a very small cell and it's got a limited distance. And it's just got a lot of bandwidth or a lot of users or whatever. That's um, just starting to roll out. And I think the the applications where you're going to see that is um, densely packed locations, stadiums, office buildings, things like that. Uh, I think that's where that's going to go first. Um, but it's all fairly new, and and for us making devices, uh, there's they're just starting. There's just starting to be an interest from our customers to to build devices on 5G. There's uh, just to, to, so I don't dis uh, 4G or LTE. There's a lot going on in L, in the 4G LTE with. Um, Technologies called LTEM and narrowband IoT that are using the same area, the lower spectrum, um, but they're uh, making uh, very inexpensive services. You know, every every time you put a cellular device on something, you got to have a contract with a carrier unless you're on a private network. But they're making the technology so those contracts are really low and I. I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing like five dollars a month um, mm. for some kinds of devices um, versus your home cellular, which is I don't know thirty five forty fifty whatever a month um, yeah. so there it's driving down the the price of putting little things on the network, whether mm. it's four g or five g mm -hmm. 
looking forward, are there some features that um, that come to mind? You know, knowing what you know about uh, about construction telematics and and IoT, are there some some features that you're thinking? You know, this is something that's just waiting for five G. You know, this is some th- this is a feature that that with five G. You know, I know this is going to make a difference, and people are going to want it. I think. Uh, the, I think one of the things that I'm kind of looking forward to is the idea of being able to put a private network uh, or a, a small network, maybe it's hosted by the carrier or owned by the construction company, but putting a small network in place that really covers the site amazingly well. I mean, there's some people that offer Wi-Fi solutions or some other kinds of things, but I think this offers phenomenal site coverage, um, whether it's a construction site, mine site, um, uh, you know, I, I think it just offers that that huge amount of bandwidth just means there's you, you can instrument or monitor or control anything and i think there's going to be a lot of creativity on what that anything is um, but even simple things like asset management or worker safety i think that just it's just going to make it cheaper faster and better is that the kind of uh, you know, robust communication capability that's going to support automation, robots? Uh, um, I, you know, I, it's a it's a piece for automation. So, um, the the thing about automation is uh, the hard thing about automation is uh, safety, and so uh, you you're there's a trade off on. How much intelligence do you build into the robot, and how much do you control from the cloud or from some other location? And you have to trade that off. And what uh, 5G offers you is tremendous, uh, uh, tremendously fast connections, so you don't have to worry about latency. You don't have to worry that, oh, the, the robot hits something, and uh, now it's going to take... 30 seconds before the ro- robot stops moving um, because it's going off to the cloud and everything. Um, I mean, you have to, it's a design trade-off, but the combination of um, faster connections out of the location or up to the cloud and, and constantly uh, improving technology right at the location. And I think the, the one place you see this first is um, uh, assisted driving systems, um, mm-hmm. right? So those are clearly, um, uh, if, you, if you're doing uh, assisted driving, uh, you need the local intelligence, but you can also benefit from additional information off the vehicle. Um, so I think that's how it's going to go with everything. I think the the people working on cars, the car technology will move to the truck technology, will move to the um, construction equipment technology, um, and and so forth. And and uh, the the automakers are just going to drive the cost of the intelligence down, down, down. So. 
But the but 5G, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that 5G is going to be changing the the, the value of the trade-off when you're doing that that design trade-off between is the intelligence on the machine or is the intelligence yeah. in the cloud. It seems like you're the 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 disadvantages of having the intelligence of the intelligence in the cloud is going are going to go down significantly. That is true. Yeah, yeah. That's my belief that um, you'll you'll be able to go off and do things. You um, certainly things where uh, uh, safety uh, is not the most critical thing. I mean, worker safety is number one, and anything else, um, uh, then you can move more of that intelligence. Off, off the site. The, the the real thing is the data collection also. So um, you have this tremendous bandwidth to take data off. So, you know, if you, uh, just give an example, if you need to go back and figure out if uh, uh, some steel is bolted together correctly and it's covered by concrete, Concrete now, uh, you get you may have this cheap uh, video record that you put up on the cloud as you were pouring concrete. Maybe go back and troubleshoot without having an X-ray or whatever else you would um, figure if you wanted to check something out that you couldn't see. You know, you, you just have this amazing bandwidth that you you won't worry about how much it's costing you to get that up to the network. Yeah, I see. Uh, Alan, anything else that we haven't talked about uh, it, pertinent to this subject that we should uh, share with our listeners? Um, the last, the last thing I, I, I like to always think about is security, and and that's uh, you're going to use five G. You're going to be able to collect a lot of data. I just whoever's building devices for you, building tools for you, building cloud apps for you, uh, you just need to make sure that they have a good security scheme. I mean, if you're keeping track of all your assets on a, on a construction site, um, you don't want somebody else to be able to go in and see how many people you have at the site or how many tools you have at the site or anything else that could be a competitive advantage if they had that information. Um, so just um, as you accept these new technologies into your workflows, just make sure that whoever's helping you with it is thinking uh, security and recognizes the value of the data that you're creating. Um, because it, it's your your way of uh, constructing things and building things is your your main competence. You don't want to have that leak away from you. Sure. So, is there advantage then to the system that you described the the high frequency, um, small uh, area um, kind of five G five G system? Is that is there advantages well, to that? In terms of security, the, the general advantage—the general advantage—I think, when you have more bandwidth, you can encrypt your data. You can have redundancy. Um, there's a lot of of just smart, safe things to do. Um, whereas, if you're using today's technology, maybe you won't send as much data because it's too expensive. And if you encrypt it, it makes it even bigger because you have all this. Uh, extra packaging around it to protect it. Um, mm. I think you're going to see the cost of moving data going down, so you're going to be more willing to uh, spend money on the 
on uh, sending just a little bit more to make it a little bit more safer. Yeah, I see. All right. Well, Alan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. Sure. Thank you very much. I enjoyed chatting with you. Don't miss next week's podcast. You keep listening. We'll keep digging. <laughs>